Hello, and welcome to an intro to Anthro with two humans. I'm human number one, John McRae. And I'm human number two, John Lear. And this is the podcast where we reassess what it means to be human. And the title of this episode is Here Today, Gone Tomorrow, The Hair Story and Heresy of Hair. <laughs> so, so, John, Your titles are, are fantastic. <laughs> I was trying to do an homage to, uh, you know, like anytime you see in America, I don't know, maybe they do this all over the world, but in America where they have a, a hair salon, it's always a play on the word hair, like the hair. Always. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Hair. Hair, hair it is, you know, <laughs> hair ye, hair ye. So I was trying to do a little tip of the hat. Uh, I, 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 it's perfect timing. I got a haircut today. So really? Uh, yeah. At, we, at Empire Gardener, uh, Empire Gardener, Empire uh, Barber it, Shop. Really? So I, not, they had nothing to do with hair, just Empire. I don't know yeah. why they're an empire. Maybe they're, I don't know. Anyway, Do you go there all the time, or is that? Yeah, there, uh, this so is my third haircut there. So I found my, I found a guy, and yeah, right, yeah. Is it? Uh, Do you get the like? Is it the full barber experience, or is it more like a salon? It's it's they're all all there's one woman and all men, but it's yeah. you know it's L.A. so it's kind of metra and and yeah. and yeah. fluid, you know. So it's there's a lot going on there. But um, yeah, the, there, and I, the one thing he does at the very end, he has a hand massager that he puts on his hand and rubs <laughs> my neck at the end. I thought he was massaging your hands. <laughs> he's got the, he's got the, give me your hands. A machine for, that does that for him. No, it's so um, nice. Oh. Is it a, do you have to pay extra for that or is that no, just kind of like. No, that's like his really? little signature move, you know. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's a nice. good one. Yeah. Uh, let me ask you, when the, is there a barber pull out front? Yep. Or is it? Yep. Is there? Got a, they yes, do they do. Way. Yeah. Nice. And I've always All wondered right. about that. And I'm hoping you're going to get into that a little bit. I, we wondered. will talk about it. Okay, good, good. We will talk about it. So, but let me give you a little history of, or just a little background about how this topic came up for us. Yes. Okay. Um, not long ago, I happened to see on BBC, uh, there was a short video by Isabel Rod, and it was talking about how popular the mullet is in Australia. Yes, apparently, true. It, for, you, for decades. <laughs> it's been like that for a long, long time. Yeah, the you've mullet. been to Australia, right? Do you I remember have, seeing the mullet? Yeah, I, well, I hosted a show called I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here. Yeah. Set you... right in the jungles of Australia. <laughs> and Did uh, you see some mullets uh, there? When you yes, were... my entire crew, the men, all almost all mullets. Yeah, that's what It's this... such a weird country because the women are all Olivia Newton-John. Like the women <laughs> off Australia are all just gorgeous. <laughs> and the men are all these kind of fratty guys in mullets. Now, of course, I'm stereotyping here and painting with a broad yeah. stroke. But I'm telling you, it, it's noticeable. So it, uh, yeah, that's what, I mean, that's what this, this video was saying is like, it's crazy how popular the mullet is. And you've just confirmed it when, uh, right after I saw it, we had some friends who had just come back from Australia 
And I asked them, I said the same thing. I, I go, did you see a lot of mullets over there? And they did, their eyes lit up like, yeah, how did you know? You know, like we saw it. Everybody has mullets. And well, they uh, all come from prisoner stock. You know, let's not forget that. Yeah. So maybe, maybe, you know, maybe that's the tie in. It is because, I mean, you joke about it, but it is because that's what in the video, uh, Elsa Weaver, who's an Australian fashion expert, is saying that that love of the mullet goes back to the Larrikins. And the Larrikins, she says, were working class urban gangs back in the 1800s. And they were kind of rule breakers and kind of, you know, kind of dodgy, just this side of the law. But but they all cut their own hair <laughs> and they uh, and they like to dress fashionably to set themselves off. And she says that uh, today a larrikin means like a cheeky rule breaker uh, in Australia. <laughs> but she said that, that the mullet appeals to that history of the larrikins. And that makes sense because you party in the front. I mean, party in the back, business in the front. You right. know, they were right. they were cheeky uh, uh you know tricksters yeah. Yeah. yeah i like that and uh there's a guy in the video who they because they're interviewing a lot of people with with uh, mullets and he's there with his his son who also has a mullet young kid and he says that uh he goes he feels that the mullet appeals to the rat bag in it <laughs> and i kind of feel like what? The, rat the rat bag Rat bag's kind of like Australian slang for troublemaker, you know, uh-huh. or, or like an eccentric non-conformist. And I kind of feel like being from Kansas, I could kind of identify with that. Like, I feel like yeah. I have a little rat bag in me, too. You know what I mean? Well, it's- yeah, you absolutely do. I mean, you know, <laughs> you and I both grew our hair long for many years. Right. And, uh, right. you and I, you know, we, I think we may have even talked about it on the podcast, but we um, hitchhiked together in Europe. Yeah. But didn't get yeah. picked up at all, maybe once no. or twice. And, and because we looked so terrible, we were too yeah. cheeky. You yeah. had big you had big lamb chops on the side of yeah. your face. I've never seen a man grow a lamb chop like you did. Those were beautiful. Remember, it was the summer that Hitcher came out. <laughs> the movie yes. Hitcher came out in England with Rutger Hauer. Oh, and here, so we, in my back, here, right here. There you oh, are. You can see. I'm pointing to you. Yeah, I got that the chops there. Yep, for those of you seeing us on YouTube, yeah. that's, that's John. Right that's there. it. That's yep. where it was. Okay, um, sorry. Yeah, but but Hitcher came out, remember? And I just remember <laughs> us hiking, <laughs> trying to get a ride, and then seeing, like, uh, on a bus that drove by, like, a, a billboard for the movie Hitcher saying, like, Hitcher, don't pick him up. <laughs> it was like, of course. We're standing there with our backpacks on <laughs> in the rain. Out, you know? Yeah. Oh, God, that was horrible. So horrible. anyway, uh, the the mullet, from what I, I did some reading, because once I learned about the mullet in Australia, it's like, I got to find out about this, you know? Yeah, you're off and running. Right. And the mullet has been making a comeback in America as well with Ugh. the Tiger King. For example, right. That movie. Jesus. And uh, Miley Cyrus has been we- seen wearing a mullet. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I have one of my daughter's friends wears a mullet. Really? Because the mullet also has gone, it's like straight... Um, uh, sort of uh, uh, white trash guys sported the mullet, you know, and right. uh, you know, and and lesbians. Uh, yeah, the cla- uh, it was a classic lesbian look for many years. So, it, which is also really interesting that those two kind of subcultures picked it up. Right, right. 
Um, and actually, uh, Linda Lacino, who's a writer, uh, she traces it back. She's done a history of it. And she says that the, uh, the mole goes back to like ancient Greece. Like she talks about what? how in Homer's Iliad, there's a description of some spearmen <laughs> oh, who no. uh, had their hair short in the front and long in the back. <laughs> so, and there's uh oh, that changes also, everything i know roman reenactment movie whenever we see uh <laughs> we should restage uh, julius caesar and make With them all mullet. have mullets god mullets that's a genius like, idea like uh they can also have like the sleeves torn out of their shirts or something <laughs> as well with their flannel shirts but yeah, there's statues of Romans, Hittites, Assyrians, and Egyptians, all with a version of the mullet. Mm. Uh, in ancient Rome, there was something called the Hun cut, H-U-N mm. cut, oh uh, which was like short in the front and long in the back. And wow. uh, it was worn not only by Huns, but also by uh, fans of chariot racing. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Well, you'd want it long in the back when you're on a chair, uh, you know, because because you want it blowing. You want people right. to see you're flying look through good. the air on your It'd chariot. The Canaanites, yeah. you know, one of the reasons the Jews, you know, grow the payas, grow the long mm-hmm. sideburns is uh, because of the, the Canaanites uh, apparently shaved the sides of their head. And oh, so the so Jews they wanted were. to stand out against them, and you know, you, you know, they had the circumcision, but you know, you don't see that from a hundred right. yards. You know what I mean? Right. So you they were it. like anti mullet almost. Right. <laughs> Canaanites right. were wearing were wearing yeah. a version of them. <laughs> That's right. You'll uh, never see a Jew wear a mullet ever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Benjamin Franklin wore something called a skullet. <laughs> oh boy. He was like bald and then he had the long hair in the back. Yes. So they call that a skullet. Yeah. And some people say that James K. Polk, who was president back in the 1850s, mm-hmm. uh, they say he's the only president that's ever worn a mullet. And I, <laughs> I went on and there's actually like a tin type of him. And sure enough, long he's in the back, short in the front. Wow. Yeah. I've got to see that. Maybe we could maybe you could give that to me and we yeah. can post it. Yeah, we'll uh, have to put in that the, in, the, in the description. Uh, some more mullet facts. David Bowie, obviously, and his obviously. Ziggy Stardust. Star, yeah. uh, and he had the spike in the front. Right. And the right. long. That's a great look. Uh, Paul McCartney had a version of it back in the yeah, 70s. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And, uh, he and then, of course. went off track a little bit during that yeah. period. Kind of uh, during the Wings, wings yeah. period, I think he had and a they mullet. had Band on the Run, but, you know, it yeah. wasn't his best time days. Well. The mullet oh. was there, though. The mullet. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then, of course, the Billy mullet. Ray Cyrus is probably the mo- most famous mullet wearer. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Enhanced. And, and that, and that you know, sort of, you know, was passed on genetically to, uh, right. to, uh, <clears throat> Cy- uh, what's her face? Um, Miley. Um, Miley. Right. <laughs> I, called, right. I was calling her Siley. Yeah. Uh, and you've already mentioned that people refer to it as business in the front, party in the back. Yes. But there's other terms for the mullet. Uh, there's uh, Some people call it uh, the Kentucky waterfall. <laughs> I like that a lot. That's fantastic. <laughs> that is fantastic. Uh, the other term it's known as is the Missouri Compromise. <laughs> oh, God. I, I love it. I love oh, it. Oh, my God. 
And uh, and then in Europe, apparently, it's never gone out of fashion with football players or soccer players. Yeah, and they call it Again, the footballers' cut. Right, because they want you want to see the hair flowing, but they've got to keep right. it out of their eyes. It's like the charity right uh, cha- charity the chariot riders. You know, right. same thing. Right. Yeah. It's all about the look. All about the yeah. look when you're out there. God, I should have gotten um, my hair cut in a mullet for today's show. <laughs> my, my daughter would have killed me. I, I wish I would have to get the skullet. Maybe maybe we should grow it out for <laughs> yeah. Let's for this do it one something. more time. Let's grow them long one more time. What do you say? <laughs> Just for this. <laughs> For the parents, if we ever make an appearance because of this thing, we'll grow it out. <laughs> okay, good. I like uh, that. The Beastie Boys in 1994 had a uh, song called "Mullet Head," which is where I think we actually get the term "mullet" for oh, the hair. Really, they yeah. were the ones. They were the ones, and uh, I think even the Oxford Dictionary cites them as the first use of the term "mullet" for that haircut. You're kidding? No, the Beastie no. Boys. God, I want to be cited by the Oxford Dictionary, you know? <laughs> That's cool. Throwing some stuff out in this podcast. All right. How about can... this? Volop. 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 That's that okay, taste well... in your mouth when you wake up in the morning. Volop. <laughs> nice. Let's... All right. We have it down. It is. Okay. <laughs> it is now. Uh, we've got Recorded. it. Cate- yeah. yeah. We've got it cataloged. And hopefully that will take off, that vlop. <sighs> vlop. Uh, but they have, in their uh, song, it says, you know, there's a chorus, mullet head, don't touch the back, cut the sides, but don't touch the back. <laughs> and they use it, uh, before that mullet was kind of used, a mullet, I guess a mullet's a fish, really. And a mullet oh, okay. was used as someone in, with uh, limited intelligence. So they were kind of making fun, like the mullet head or whatever. I see. God. Um what and then was the it mullet before that, because that's not that long ago. I know, and I seem to remember people when we were growing up having mullets. Absolutely, but I don't know what I called them then. Just huh. Missouri compromise. I don't know. I don't remember what we. <laughs> what did we call them? They were there. I mean, they, they were, were, yeah, they existed. Uh. So what? It, so and then we get back to the mullets. Kind of fell out of fashion in the 1990s. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it because people, I mean, they stayed popular with like soccer players, hockey players, but people were just kind of like, hey, that's kind of like you said, a little like people started thinking it was a little tacky. Yeah. Uh, well, there was and, grunge and, happening during that time, you know, where right. it was like you didn't want to pay attention to anything, you know, it was just, you know, yeah, it's yeah. too much work, too precious, right? To keep yourself trimmed up like that. <laughs> And, uh, and but some people continue to wear it. They said just because they were conscious of what it represented. Which one guy I read about, uh, he said it was like a middle finger to social norms. <laughs> which I kind of I, I appreciate that. Like I yeah. think it's your hair, man. Do whatever you yeah. want with your whatever hair. Whatever you want. It's a free country. Just don't yeah. hurt me. Right. Yeah. And so as I was reading all this mullet stuff, John, I. I became fascinated by hair <laughs> and, and what hair represents and how powerful hair is in terms of like religious, cultural, psychological and political symbolism. And well, it's so it's so interesting because we're these hairless creatures for the most part. Right. And then we've got this shock of hair growing out the top of our head. It's the most bizarre. Right. Th- I mean, I recognize that we have hair in other places, but that hair doesn't need to be trimmed. 
Right. Really? It's the beard and the head. What's right. up with that? Uh, well, I'll tell you, my my barber, <laughs> he shaved off an ear hair that was, I couldn't believe it. He was like, he, I said, could you hit the ears? Because, you know, sometimes a hair will grow out your ears. Yeah, you get older. Yeah. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. was like four inches long. I've been walking around with that thing flapping around. Holy Nobody told crap. me. I'm oh. so upset with all my friends. Yeah, except for people you. have to. People yeah, have to do that or a nose hair, a nose hair yeah, too. It's like, yeah, tell yeah. me, tell me. Yeah. Mm. A good friend says something about that mm-hmm. because, That's... because you'll be like, you'll be in doing a play or something yep. and the light will hit that thing. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> will light up like a neon like a fluorescent light bulb, and that's all people will see in your well, show. Right. It's it, it, yeah. that hair is now cursive, for saying you're an idiot. Yeah, you know what I mean. Look at the, and idiot. the re- believe me, the reviewers are going to see that. Like, <laughs> I wish I could had something to say about John Lear's performance, but oh boy, I was too distracted by the light show coming out of his ear. Oh, you're reminding me oh. of the New York Times uh, review of our show. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> you haven't lived till you've been panned by the New York Times. That's, That's all I true. can say. That is true. Not many people can say that. So. That's true. Just a local rag. That local rag. Nobody <laughs> reads it outside anyway. But they gave a so rave it, to uh, 10 Items or Less, my first show. Did they really? TV. Yeah. yeah. So Trying know, to make it up to you. Trying to comes and goes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so... We're going to talk about hair. Obviously, we've been talking about hair. Um, but let's just go ahead. Let's get the facts out of the okay. way. Good. All right. So hair is 10% water, 90% proteins called keratin, which anybody Ooh. that goes shopping for shampoo knows the term keratin now. Mm-hmm. Each hair grows from a follicle that has a sebaceous or oil-producing gland. Okay. We know humans that. Have, humans have 100 to 150,000 follicles. Jesus, <laughs> my God! Yeah, in a weird way though, that's not as many as I would think. Right. I guess so. I'm kind of trying to picture it. That's all we got. 150 thousand. Well, I guess that's a lot. I, I it know. seems like you could do it. Like you know, what's it? You try to guess how many uh, beans are in a jar or something. <laughs> Maybe we could like try to count your hair follicles and see how many hairs you have up there. That, that could be a contest to win a t-shirt off this podcast. <laughs> okay. Okay. Done. <laughs> uh, the average lifespan of a hair is four to seven years. Interesting. So they, yeah. So they what happens? Wh- they Another follicle? You just lose that follicle. You lose that hair. And then I guess another follicle grow. I don't know. I should have double checked on that, but I thought Jesus. it was interesting that they last four to seven years. Yeah. Yeah. That's weird. Um, they grow one half. Each hair grows one half inch per month. Oh, I know that. I know and, that. Uh, and only humans and muskox have hair that continuously grow. So You're kidding me. That's no. the only two? That's the only two other animals have, they grow hair, but for continuous growth, what the hell? humans and muskox. So muskox, what is, <laughs> what is the muskox needed for? So no. Why do we do this? It's so bizarre. Yeah. When you really think about it, it's just this weird, weird thing. But you say the half inch per month, but don't you think yeah. some people, it seems to me like I know this guy. 
And he knows yeah. who, who he is if he's listening to this. His <laughs> hair grows so fast. Really? I mean, it's like I, I keep saying to him, like, you should be able to make money off this somehow. Yeah, you could sell it for wigs or something. Like something. That. Yeah. It's <clears throat> passive income. He, <laughs> you're just as you're sleeping. Yeah. As you're sleeping, you're making money. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I suppose that's an average. You know, half inch right. for so some I mean, more, some less. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, as you mentioned already, humans have lost most of their hair on their body through yeah. evolution, but they retained it on their heads. What and the hell. And what they found also is that. You know, we, our sweat glands increased as we lost our hair. Yes. So, okay. So loss of hair may have had something to do with keeping the body cool. Because with a bigger brain, you want to have a cool... You got to keep that brain cool. Mm-hmm. So they think maybe it was a way we lost the hair to help regulate our body temperature. Right. And, okay. And also, with less hair, you had less to worry about about parasites. Because that would have been mm. a problem because parasites love to get in there with the hair. My, yeah, my, my <clears> poor <throat> doggy got to come because really? I'm in L.A. So it's year round. You know, you got to keep on that that flea stuff or they'll. Poor and, dog. And another thing people say is uh, and again, we come back to this. We talked about this a little bit last week about uh, uh, visibility of the sex organs. Like some people think that like the loss of hair was to make the sex organs more visible. I, anthropologists are all about the sex. Everything is about the sex I organ. I know. Listen, and I'm just quoting the, these are my, know, no, my hypotheses. Not, I apologize. I don't mean to jump on the messenger, but Jesus, that comes up a lot. It's all yeah. about. So women really are attracted to a larger penis. I don't know. I mean, we're visible, but but again, it's not like you know a flasher or something like that. But it's well, evo- the, from an the, evolutionary standpoint, maybe it does. It does make sense because you know all the kids are all shaving everything down there. Yeah, you know the yeah. kids do it, and it just gives it more of a they they claim you know more yeah. of a, a better look contrast more yeah. of a contrast. <laughs> yes, I. Well, uh, we're just hidden as a, in deep foliage. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Nobody knows where it is. <laughs> I had a professor who uh, I used to TA for him uh, for uh, physical anthropology. And he would always bring this up whenever we get to, like, hair. And he'd always talk about, like, you know, oh, as we evolved, uh, we would always, we've lost our hair. And then he'd always point at me and <laughs> go, look at no! Mr. McRae. Look at Mr. McRae. He's at a state of advanced evolution. (laughs) Well, that is true. The reason you've lost your hair is because you've got too much going on inside there. It's heating up. Yeah. I don't know. Too many thoughts. I think it's genetic. Well, it is genetic. I mean, all you guys. Every every McRae man looks pretty much the same. (laughs) My dad dad said he was the uh, only bald Seventh grade class president his school ever had. <laughs> oh my God, that's so. Oh, oh. Very funny. Yeah, Bald at a young guys age. All, you guys <laughs> all have the same head, yeah. and you've all you all have the same balding <laughs> pattern. All yeah. of you, yep. like Charlie Brown, <laughs> like Charlie Brown. So. Uh, so hair is a cultural uh 
the cultural and social significance of hair they think goes back maybe even like 30,000 years wow. because they have <clears throat> the Venus of Willendorf, which is one, a small figurine of a woman. Mm. Uh, and they think that's from 25 to 30,000 years ago. And what's interesting is that her hair is actually, there's hair styling on the Venus of Willendorf. Wow. So this is going back even, you know, like I say, 30,000 years ago. Well, it makes um, sense because, you know, you got to do something with it. So ponytails <clears throat> and things like that. Yeah. And then like braiding. Can you imagine the person who figured out the braid? Man, Ooh. that must have yeah. been huge. Yeah. Holy just to, uh, shit. Yeah. Just sitting around the fire doing each mm-hmm. other's hair. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> uh, hair also, there were also attributes of hair uh, that seemed to have impressed some ancient people. So okay. hair was a symbol of renewal and regeneration because you could cut it off and it would grow back. <clears throat> okay. A full head of hair was a symbol of fertility. But, uh, okay, for fertility for women... Yeah. But virility, isn't it the opposite? I mean, I've always heard that men who lose their hair is because they have so much testosterone. I don't that know. That's somehow the, that's connected. I think that would have to be culturally from just recent, I think. Uh, really? Yeah. Because didn't they have like the bald is beautiful movement back in the 60s or something where <laughs> Tell where me bald men, Yeah, just, yeah. Come, come rub me, baby. Yeah. I think Caesar, yeah, Caesar was, he was, uh, Julius Caesar was embarrassed about his balding hair. So I don't know if it was really such a thing as, you know, it wasn't until recently that Mm. bald guys suddenly realized, hey, let's make this into a positive, you know. Yeah. It's virility at that point. Uh, Also, people thought that because the hair was closest, it was, you know, grew out of the top of your head. Mm-hmm. It was closest to the divine. So it became like a, uh, uh, oh, it, it was. Here we the, go. The, Jacob's the, ladder, <laughs> basically. Right? The, the source of spiritual a, power. Sc- yeah. Sc- grow scaffolding so you can climb your own hair up into heaven. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, and some people thought, well, you know, if, if an enemy got a hold of your hair, they could do damage to you. You know, they could, like, use that right. hair to try to do something to you. Well, yeah, we see that in football. Those guys who have those long <laughs> braids or long hair. Yeah. yeah. And you're always like, oh, God, you know, we've got that punter for the Chiefs with the oh, long yeah, yeah. locks. Oh, and, you're, uh, I'm all, anytime they tackle somebody by the hair, you're like, why are you wearing oh, your hair so long? Yeah, exactly. Why give them yeah. more surface area? <laughs> uh, hairstyles could also reflect your age, your gender, your economic and social rank. Uh, long hair became a symbol of sexuality, for example. Mm. Again, kind of like unbridled. Your short hair was more, con- you know, constrained and controlled. Long hair was more like uh, you're letting your sexuality go. Well, and Mary has long hair. She does. Do you and like I have no see, hair. You, and you have no, <laughs> have no hair. Does she? Do you prefer her with long hair, or you know, what do you, what do you prefer? I I've never seen her with short hair. I've yeah, been, me neither. But I would, you know, to me, it's. I don't know. It's I don't she has very nice hair, though. Yeah, I mean, she you does. Don't want her going hair. to. Co- I mean, if she said, first of all, when a woman, uh, <clears throat> you know, historically at least, uh, when a woman cut her hair off, it usually 
meant something. Right. Like that's a right. serious move to cut your hair off. Yeah. I think everybody has to choose their own hairstyle myself. Mm-hmm. I think it's a very mm-hmm. personal space, but yeah, I, I was at a uh, show opening an art opening last weekend and someone when uh, was a friend of my friend who was exhibiting there and she was saying how she had just cut all of her hair off. And she was saying, I felt like myself again, as I, I guess she had let it grow for a while mm. and she had really short hair. And she was saying, I just, as I was cutting it off, I felt like myself. And, and so I think it's all mm. what people themselves feel like for them. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. <clears throat> We all grew it long for the pandemic. Everybody had long hair. Yeah. Yeah. Um, The other thing, hair can last forever. If you seal up hair in a tomb, for example. Really? That hair will stay there for a long time. It really lasts a long time. Weird. Yeah. And, And I could say, because I've looked at, you know, I've studied skulls and skeletal collections and things. And Mm -hmm. I have to admit there's nothing, I mean, there's always like some solemnity to uh, when you're looking at a skull, that this was a Mm -hmm. human being that you're Mm -hmm. looking at right now. But, but also if you see hair in that collection Mm -hmm. box, or if you see hair still attached to the skull, there's nothing that brings it home more of like, this was Mm -hmm. a living human being Mm -hmm. than seeing hair in there. It, because it yeah. will, it will last forever if it's you know not exposed to the elements. Hair and honey doesn't honey last forever too? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I thought they I found some it. honey in the tomb. Weird, weird yeah. of all, all the things to last forever. I know, and and the hair too. Uh, just one last thing about the the facts of it is, um, it stores all of our genetic information. So it's like but, a little. Go ahead. But don't you need to get the follicle? Or, or can you just use the hair itself? It's. I always thought I've read some mystery novels where the follicle yeah, was yeah. important. I don't know. We'll have to we'll have to look into that. And yeah, I'll have to. But it is interesting that it does. And drug testing, like they use, they use yeah. certain drug testing. Like I think uh, for LSD, you can test the hair for. <laughs> which is, is isn't amazing. Yeah. yeah, that it's all that in there. Sense, it's like though, a record take, of our uh, lives. And, when you take acid, it should go right into your hair. That's <laughs> <laughs> the craziest thing ever. Uh, in ancient Egypt, the the pharaohs and the wealthy class would shave their heads and uh, and wear wigs, for example, hmm. to keep to keep cool because it was so hot there. Oh, interesting. So they yeah, could, yeah it makes sense because Yul Brenner played, uh, right, you know, right. uh, what's his face, and uh, yeah. Yeah, and uh, so they would remove all of their eyebrows and eyelash, all the body hair. And again, probably because of parasites, but also to keep cool. Ooh, the eyebrows? The eyebrows, too. Yeah. My daughter's friends are shaving and bleaching their eyebrows, and it is so weird. (laughs) When you see somebody and then they bleach them, it's so bizarre. Yeah. They look like aliens or something. They love it. Yeah. Who was it well, on Star Trek, Deep Space Nine, Odo or whatever? Somebody yeah. had it. Yes, yeah. Rene Aubergenois had no well, eyebrows. He, no eyebrows, yeah. Yeah, that looks weird. Uh, in ancient Greece, people in mourning would shave their heads and hang a lock of the dead person's hair on their door door frame. Hmm. For, hmm. 
So again, just kind of as a just to honor them. Person. Yeah, it's interesting. You, I want you to do that with me. Would you do that? I will. Yeah, I'll put okay. it out there. I'll mail care. you some hair now, just so you have it. <laughs> yeah, you know, please. and yeah. then you could just tape it up there when I die. Yeah, I, 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 yeah. Give me, give me some extra though, because I got a lot. I got. I want to put some out by the garage and put some out okay. back as well. Okay, out on the shed. Okay. Yeah, I'll give you well. a. I'll, I'll give you a. I'll, I'll send you a bunch. Yeah, send me next time you go to Empire. Just that, say, hey, can you sweep that up? I got a friend in Albuquerque. I, I get a lot of compliments on my hair from young people. Really? Yeah, people really? in their twenties love my hair. They're like, it's so cool because really? it's silver. Yeah, they just think it's the coolest thing. Is that your natural color? Have you ever thought about bleaching it, or are you? No, I had to dye it for some things for acting, but I hated yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. I hope to never do that again, but I'll do it if it pays. Don't get yeah. me wrong. I'm not going to stand on principle. <laughs> You're like, okay, well, really we're... hung on, though, is what's amazing. Uh, to I me. know. Well, I've got, I use the ro- uh, the Propecia, the Rogaine, the Rogaine, yeah. spray it in my head. My wife yeah. told me early in our relationship, I started to lose some hair, and she was like, no, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, I'm not, no. Yeah. Because I didn't bald like to... you. You have a nice balding pattern, but mine was no... you saw my dad. It was not pretty. Yeah. It, yeah. it was the thin thing that went, oh, just yeah. Yeah. That's right. Your, pretty... your father was bald. Yeah. Yes, he was. Uh barbering goes back six thousand years. Well, I by the way. And many it. barbers were also spiritual leaders. Uh, so because some, again, some cultures believe that the good and bad spirits entered and exited the body through the hair. Well, and it's such an intimate relationship. Like everybody, it, it, you're making yourself vulnerable to somebody when you let them cut your hair. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, it's like, yeah. and you don't really know how it's done. It's like when you take your car in to get worked on, you just got to trust yeah. the mechanic's going to fix it. And same with the barbers. Like, just don't make me look like an idiot. Right, right. You know? Yeah. What's the worst haircut you've ever had? Oh, do you think? <laughs> I had my hair long and I had a girlfriend who asked if she could cut it, trim it. It, it was way yeah. too long. And yeah. she she trimmed it and then somebody somebody called and she was on the phone while she was cutting me and was crying, was upset. <laughs> and kept <laughs> And I ended up with the um, <clears throat> what's it called? The Prince Valiant. I had the Prince Valiant. <laughs> no, <laughs> you gotta just... get up. If somebody's crying when they're cutting your hair, you gotta get up and walk away. I wanted you to. Walk away. I wanted to, yeah. but I was inebriated, and you know, yeah, I was, uh, you know, I didn't have my faculties. Yeah, <laughs> the worst there was one a I whole ever... lot going on. <laughs> the worst one I had was. Uh, when I first moved out here to New Mexico and I went in and the guy kind of had a sign outside of his house and I was walking by and I was like, okay, I'll go in there. (laughs) And I go in and, uh, as he's cutting my old guy, you know, it's like he's, but he had a barber chair in his living room, which was interesting. Weird. And as he's cutting my, you know, he asked me what I want. And I said, Oh, you know, just kind of trim it a little bit. And then as I'm talking to him, I realize he can't, he can't hear anymore. He's like, oh. he's hard of hearing. Oh. So no matter what I told him, and he's just hacking away on that thing. Oh. And uh, when I came, it was probably the worst haircut I've ever had. Well, what did it look like? 
It was uh, <laughs> it was uneven. <laughs> Nothing like it took it really short, uneven because he was kind of shaking. Uh, and nothing like what I had said, like just a little, just kind of shape it up, you know, it's like, okay, okay. And he hadn't heard anything, you know, even (laughs) as I was, I've like, as I'm talking to him, thanking him, I realized he he can't hear me at all. Well, you've got to wonder about somebody signing their house. (laughs) I mean, I don't know. I would have advised against it. You know, I thought it was like artisanal or something. You know? Right, right. Like, I can see the appeal to you. Yeah. Absolutely. I can see it. <laughs> Go in there like a handcrafted haircut, you know. And well, then it was like, also... as <laughs> I realize he's not responding to any of the small talk. <laughs> You're probably the first haircut he had in like 15 years. Oh, Yeah. He's like, let me go find it. Let me look in the kitchen and see what I <laughs> have. still got there. the chair because I can't get it out. But. Uh, in ancient Rome, the hair of the first shave, the first shave that a young man had, they would save those hairs and dedicate them to the gods. Oh, so you would okay. kind of collect that and be. Okay. Yeah. The first haircut for my hmm. kids was important. I remember that. Was it? That was Did one you of those... save that hair? Did you? No. But I just remember the moments, you know. Yeah. Uh, a lot of Bible stories about haircuts. Of course, Samson. Samson. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, St. Paul wrote in the New Testament, he said, Doth not nature teach you that if a man have long hair, it is a shame unto him? But if a woman have long hair, it is a glory to her. See, so he was already setting it up. Yeah. This is my problem with the New Testament. The gospel's fantastic, but when you get yeah. to the epistles, those yeah. guys are just saying stuff. Just salesmen. That's not from Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I, I, you know, he just liked shorter hair on men and longer hair on women. Right. And it, it was also the Romans, the Romans liked shorter hair. So I think he was kind of more a, a, a Roman from Roman culture. Interesting. Well. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is interesting, though, is Mary Magdalene in the New Testament uses her hair to wash Jesus' feet, and that's oh yeah, uh, that's right. Important because, uh, like, uh, respectable Jewish women at the time would always have their hair covered, mm-hmm. and because she was a prostitute, the the fact that she was using her hair to wash Jesus' feet was just kind of <clears throat> subtle symbolism at the time to kind of show how she was of a different different class mm-hmm. from and how from Jesus the... was, uh, was open to all, uh, yeah. All walks of life. Mm-hmm. But wasn't washing the feet then putting oil. Wasn't it oil that she was putting? So her hair, yeah. Oh, dipping oh. it in the oil. It's like, <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. Yeah. There's a lot going on there, Mary. Yeah. I mean, ugh, and pieces of the hair sticking to his feet, the hair, the feet, oh, no. the oil. It's just too much. I don't know. Yeah. Don't knock it till you try it. Is all yeah, that's true. That's true. So uh, you've tried it, Mary. Your Mary is <laughs> no, no. She won't do it feet. at all. She won't do it at all. <laughs> I'll do it. You know what? When I, I take, send you my hair, you can dip it in oil yeah. and wipe it on your feet. Feel free. I take my socks off, and it's like, oh no, oh no, you're I'm not doing that. I'm like, come on, I got the oil out. Oh no, you don't. Uh, and a lot, of, a lot of religious groups still have uh, traditions that go along with hair. For example, Sikhs do not cut their hair. Uh, mm. Muslim men grow beards, or some Muslim men, they grow their beards and remove their body hair. Interesting. Uh, 
like you mentioned already, Orthodox Jewish men, they grow the payas. Yep. And wear beards. And Orthodox Jewish women have their hair cut when they marry and wear a scheidel. Yep. Or a wig, right? Yep. Yep. You can't think that's Orthodox or... or, um, Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And Amish men grow a beard when they get married. And... Of course, Rastafarians grow dreadlocks to signify unholy people's fear of the dreadful power of the holy. Oh, interesting. I didn't realize that. Yeah, yeah. Dread, dreadlock. Yeah, that's where it comes from. So it's symbolized that they're holy and showing like the fear that other people have for being unholy. Interesting. Yeah. And then also, just recently, you know, in Iran, there's been a lot of protests because of the death of Masha Amini, who yeah. she was arrested arrested by the morality police for having an improper head cover. Yeah. And women around the world have been not only uncovering their hair, but also cutting their hair mm-hmm. uh, in, you know, as a... In as solidarity. In solidarity yeah. and as a protest. <clears throat> yeah. Amazing. And uh, hair, apparently in the Islamic Republic, hair is a sign of beauty that that must be covered. And I was reading one journalist in Iran had said that throughout Iranian history, when women haven't had enough power to stand up, they have cut their hair. And so again, it's like a very powerful symbol of protest. Interesting. It's like, you're not going to enjoy the, 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 yeah, this thing that you enjoy, I, it's mine. And it's reclaiming that. I love that. Yeah, me too. Uh, in the Middle Ages, though, Christians also felt that their hair uh, could lead to temptation. So during the Middle Ages, hairstyles became much more modest than what they had been Ugh, before. The Middle Ages. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> and uh, only hair on the... time all around. <laughs> everything. Know. God, what a nightmare. Not only the disease and everything, but it wasn't any fun. <laughs> was Nothing like, no was fun. fun. Nothing. No, no. And uh, women would actually pluck their hairline to get the high, they like the high forehead look. Right, right. Yeah. And you see that being borrowed for the movie Dune. And I'm talking oh, really? the original one. Yeah. Where the, uh, really? yeah, they would pluck the hair back to have that big, long high. That is a odd look, man. That is a freaky look, freaky deep yeah. look. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and the thing is, what they would do is unmarried girls would wear their hair down. Whereas uh, once they were married, they had to put their hair up. So that's what mm-hmm. you see a lot of the paintings from the Middle Ages. They always have their hair covered. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Uh, in the 1160s, barbers started bloodletting as well, which right. I think a lot of people know about. So so weird. And I, most of yeah. us, my, our generation knows about it from Saturday Night Live because Steve Martin yeah. played a, a, a barber right. uh, who, who right. put leeches on people or bloodlet yeah. them. Yeah, they were they were called doctors of the short robe, and they would do <laughs> they they would do like dental surgery and also uh, like some minor surgery on people as well. So and interesting. That's they say the barber pole that red and white is supposed to symbolize the clean bandages and the bloody bandages of Holy back when they wow. were surgeons. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's kind of interesting. So they'd, they'd wrap it on a pole out there, wrap clean and red, and the, and people yeah. could see where they were. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Queen Elizabeth the first was supposed to have had eighty red wigs that she <laughs> she would like 
like switch out. And what's interesting is Mary Queen of Scots, when she was beheaded, one of the accounts talks about her wig falling off when her head, oh. when her head, when her head came off. Oh, well, um, that'll happen. You chop yeah. a head off and it's hard to keep the wig on. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, mean, I would have, if you could have had somebody, I would have been like, it's okay if I hang on to it or something, you know, or like, yeah. Kind of, yeah. Or or have your have your maid uh, or whatever one of your ladies yeah. in waiting glue it to your head. It's not like yeah. you're going to be taking it off, right? You know, right? Just glue on today. Let's just glue it. But but yeah, they talk about how people hadn't seen her without her wig in so long, and then right. that's when it happened. They realized she had short hair. Jesus. Um, in the 1600s, Louis the Thirteenth in France was going bald and started wearing wigs. So all all of the other nobility started wearing wigs to kind of like you know kiss up yeah. to him or whatever uh-huh. and that's kind of how we got this whole idea of wearing wigs that's where the fashion yeah. kind of came and uh and the wigs were got so big like they would have to raise the doorways <laughs> because of that fashion of people wearing these huge wigs Oh and on and top of it, mainly people, in France, right? We're talking France at this point, mainly. Well, and it went to England as well. Like the yeah, English are wearing those powdered white wigs, you know. Ugh. Why did they powder them? <sighs> just because they got dirty and the powder would make them look white and clean, maybe? Maybe. I mean, and people smell. use powder sure or smell. flour. And sometimes they talk about one of the things that used to... Uh, also, during the French Revolution, people got really upset that they were using the nobility were still powdering their wigs with flour when when the poor the people were starving. Were, right, exactly. Yeah, that's a bad move. That's a good way to get your head chopped off by a guillotine. <laughs> yeah, be exactly. powdering your wig with flour when people are starving. That's they, a good thing for the uh, you know the rich in this country to to history. Yeah. Is a good thing to know. There's a lot of lessons to learn. You know, they, when you're flying uh, in your private jets and whatnot. Yeah. You Just uh, watch your wigs. Watch yeah, your wigs. Watch your Don't wigs. be flamboyant with your wigs. <laughs> it doesn't take much to build a guillotine. They said some people had the wigs got so heavy that they would have sores on their heads from oh, wearing these wigs. They're so big. You ever and, had to wear a wig? You ever wear one? I've worn a few wigs. Just for and fun. It, oh. <laughs> Just for fun. Not for... <laughs> I, well, you know, when, when I, the Geico caveman had to wear a wig, and it, it's uncomfortable. You're like yeah. pinning it to you. And I don't yeah. know. It's very claustrophobic. Did I you, thought. uh, did you ever have to wear a wig for any other shows or anything? Or yeah, oh yeah, I've worn a few. Um, yeah, I, uh, I, I went under uh, one of my characters went undercover as a woman once. Uh, and yeah. I had so I had to have it, the character I was playing was then pretending to be a woman, which was interesting. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I've had lots of wigs put on me, and it I don't like it. I don't like it really? at all. Mm-mm. Hot? Was it hot? uncomfortable and yeah i just take it off yeah mm-hmm. um in 1951 uh psychoanalyst charles bird wrote uh an article called the unconscious significance of hair mm-hmm. and he kind of took a freudian view of hair and wrote that head hair is a symbol of the genitals oh boy and therefore cutting hair and shaving are symbols of castration. Oh, so, like, man. <laughs> so, Those Freudians. What, yeah. 
I yeah. mean, look, a lot of it is. Pr- I just got back from Austria not long ago, so you know, yeah, I'm, I've got Freud on the brain, if you know what I mean. Is he but, like? He's like their guy, right? Oh I mean, yeah, I mean, t-shirts yeah. and yeah, right. it ain't it ain't the other famous person from that country, <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> Do they? Do you have yeah. like Freud uh, impersonate, kind of like going outside the Grommans or something? Like it's yeah. a bunch of Freud impersonators standing yeah. out there pushing for... their their couches on roller <laughs> chair on, on rolling ball, you know, just to have photos taken. Yeah, uh, Anthony <laughs> Anthony Sinot, uh is another uh, sociologist who talks about the theory of opposites in hair, and he talks about how. Now we have like opposite sexes have opposite hair. So for men, uh, it's body hair is good, you know, like a hairy mm-hmm. chest or something. But for women, yeah. you don't want to have any body hair. Mm-hmm. Um, and they I also talk about you have a hairy back. I mean, hairy. <laughs> it's like a carpet back there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I refuse to get it shaved. <laughs> That's me. All right. It's my personal space. So. Uh, and then he talks about how opposite ideologies, political ideologies had opposite hair. That's part of the hippies. So the hippies grew it long because their, Mm -hmm. their fathers had it short. Right. Then the, the skinheads hated the hippies. So then the skinheads shaved off their hair. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then of course the, the punks had it kind of like a personal, um, just kind of like personal expression, do whatever you and, want with your hair. And always in the punk punk rock, it was like a, a weapon too, you know, like yeah. the spikes and the, it was like, uh, yeah, it was, uh, that yeah. was a good, that was a good time for hair, man. When you'd see somebody rocking like a two foot long mohawk sticking out the top, uh, that was always great. Oh yeah. I, you know, I actually feel more comfortable when I see people now with a mohawk yeah, because I feel like that's kind of what I kind of grew up around, right. you know what I right. mean? So it's like when I see that, I'm like, OK, I can identify with that. It's like right. it's not, you know, but some some styles get um, absorbed. For example, um, you know, like I was a metalhead in middle school yeah. where you grew your hair long and 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 then. As it morphed into the 80s, where it was hair bands, where, you know, they were metal, but they had their hair like. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, my. Bon Jovi, the example. Right, Han- right. Handsome, good looking, wavy hair. It was amazing. It kind of took it took it away. You know, one of the essays I read getting ready for this this episode was uh, an essay by Jason Payne called Hair and Makeup. And he talks about how hair would push different music uh, genres in different ways or kind of take them, kind of take mm. control of the music genres. So he talks about Vince Neil's blonde California metal hair. Yes. Yeah. Remember where it was like really teased out with yes. his hair? That was and like idea, a hair band, the classic right. hair band. Hmm. And his idea was that was to kind of seize control of heavy metal away from England. Yes. Where it was just long. Yeah. And so he was going to tease it out to where this is like a glamorous kind of uh, right. hair band. Yeah. Uh, and then he talks about Axl Rose and Guns N' Roses. Remember, they wanted to be a little bit more raw. Yes. So Axl Rose's hair was kind of like greasy and just kind and, of straight. Uh, he wore the bandana, you know. Uh, Guns N' Roses saved my life. 
in the eighties. <laughs> there was no yeah. good rock. This is pre-grunge. There was no good rock. And when that first Guns N' Roses came out, I know exactly where I was. I think you were there yeah. in the Probably. Triangle uh, Bar in. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we yeah. were. You were there, and I remember I hearing there. it, and I was like, "Oh, thank God." Thank yeah. God that rock and roll is still here. Welcome to the jungle. That was like oh, that, that video, everything. They would play oh, that all the time. With them. Thank God. Yeah. Yeah. And then we um, had the salad days of grunge. And, you know, then it was like on. Thank God. Yeah. It all went away. <laughs> Although the kids are back. My daughter are had they? a party here. Four bands at our house. It was a fundraiser for an orphanage. And, yeah. um, in India, she's on the board of this thing. And so they had four bands. All of them were playing like punk, hard, rock. Uh, amazing. That's like great. kids were headbanging. And there, yeah. there was like a mosh pit. Wow. Did you get out there? Did you get, get involved? I, I, you, know? I, you know, my daughter didn't want me around. But I came down. I came to get out know, there I mean, and mosh. Like no, I didn't mosh, but I wanted. I, I got up close to a speaker just so I could get my bell rung. You know, be horrible to be out there moshing with somebody's dad, wouldn't it? Just be awful. My the look of of horror on my daughter's <laughs> face when she saw me out there. I just slung. I just was like, I hung my head and did the walk of shame back up into the the house. Just standing right in front of the speaker, just like she was yeah, like, "What are you yeah. doing here? <laughs> You're ruining everything." Uh, shaving. We got to talk about shaving the head. Kind of came to it, but shaving mm-hmm. the head is, is obviously can be a symbol of renouncing your prior identity in the world. Mm-hmm. For example, like a monk, mm-hmm. a Buddhist monk, shave their heads when they go into the monasteries. Going into the army, for example, they will shave your head. Uh, mm-hmm. convicts will have their head shaved. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also shaving the head was a way to shame collaborators. For example, after in France, after it, World War II, women who had had relationships with uh, German sh- soldiers would have their head shaved. Interesting. Um, yeah. It's, it's just a way of taking away your identity. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, well, in the the Holocaust, they shaved all of their heads. Right. Too. Once you would go into uh, like a concentration camp, they would take away your identity by shaving your head. Mm. And um, I I think also they I read something where during the Irish Civil War, like the IRA would do that too for women who had had relationships with British soldiers. So it's Jesus. It's it's not just you know. Different cultures would would do that to shame people. You ever shave your uh, head? No, you know I've always been afraid that it would never grow back. Yeah, <laughs> I'm always like, there's a fear that I have that there's not much left up there anyway. You know, yeah, don't I mean? go messing around. Yeah, right. I agree. Right. Just be like, I never just, have either. I, I, I yeah, no. mohawk. No Did you ever have a mohawk? Or anything? No, I just hate shaving in general. I just hate yeah. the way the skin feels after I shave. I hate right. shaving. I hate it. Yeah. You always had, uh, your hair was, I mean, it was long. Your hair long. was really long. Time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I had it really long for a long time. Yeah. What did, did in, when you did Jesse, did they, did hair and makeup have to come do your hair for that? Yeah. Too, did they? Oh yeah. They really? would do something to it. Yeah. They would make nice. it look shiny and stuff. 
Wow. La- the ladies love the long hair. Well, that's why you grew <laughs> yours out, right? Yeah, we all of course. Did. You know. Yeah. It's of like course. The, just, the ladies seem to like it. Bad boy. Yeah, beautiful hair. <laughs> uh Speaking of late, I mean, the bob became kind of fashionable in the 20s mm-hmm. for women, yeah. kind of like yeah. where the flappers. Yeah, because yeah. it was before that in like 18, 17, 1800s, they always women had to spend so much time having their hair done. It was just it was freeing to not have to have your hair cut it short. You know what I mean? You could just go and kind of take care of it yourself. So it became kind of a political statement as well. The bob. I I would have loved to have been around during the during the flapper day during flapper. the twenties. That I think that yeah. would be a cool time to check out. Yeah, yeah. Great Gatsby. Did you see no. one of the guys hanging out at Jay Gatsby's house? Would you? Like everybody was just partying. And I don't know. <laughs> uh, so just quickly about facial hair in America. Uh, when we the Puritans and the Pilgrims first came over. A lot of men had beards at that time. Hmm. And then in the early 1700s, they kind of went out of fashion. And you Hmm. see where, like, if you look at paintings of the American founding fathers, none of them have facial hair at all. Because, and they say that no signer of the Declaration of Independence had any facial hair. What? Because it was out of fashion. Yeah. Huh. Um, and then there was an interesting story about in 1830 in Fitchburg, uh, Massachusetts, there was a guy named Joseph Palmer who had a really big beard. And he <laughs> I know moved. guys like that. Yeah, I know guys yeah. like that. It's, it's like a ZZ Top sort of beard. And he mm-hmm. moved to Fitchburg and everybody hated his beard. The whole town. They would like throw rocks at him. They would call him <laughs> names. They refused to give him communion at his church. They threw rocks through his windows. And then one day, four guys grabbed him. And shaved And him. tried to shave off his beard. Oh, and my God. he fought back. He Good. fought back and Good. stabbed one of them in the leg. Jesus. And kept, kept his beard. But then he was arrested. Palmer oh. was arrested for unprovoked assault. And so they okay. threw him in what? jail. Yeah. And then they in jail? They threw Palmer in jail. And... The jailer came in and tried to, the sheriff came in and tried to like shave his beard and he fought back again. Good. So at this so point, Palmer, I know. Yeah. There's no turning back. If you Palmer, stabbed a guy over your beard, you got to take it all the way home. <laughs> I know. I know. So oh, Palmer man. stayed in jail for over a year Jesus. because he wouldn't shave his beard. And he started smuggling out uh, letters whenever his son would come visit him. And he wow. became like a martyr for like freedom in America because he refused to shave his beard. And eventually they were like, okay, why don't you just go on home? And he was like, no, you guys carried me in. You're going to carry me out of here. And so Palmer actually made that after a year in jail for not shaving his beard, still having his beard, he made him, them carry him out of <laughs> wow. the jail. Yeah. It's a great and story, but I got a feeling that Palmer was a total douche <laughs> don't you think i don't know he, i mean know i stand with him i stand with him yeah. but my god yeah you know it's, okay I, we're free you're free yeah yeah <laughs> it'll grow back you know what i mean but i don't know, I know. just like the whole thing and he yeah he's kind of like with uh the alcott's he got involved with bronson alcott who like 
Louisa May Alcott's brother, I think it was, they started like a, uh, a commune in Massachusetts. Hmm. And and he actually joined, Paul Bear joined that commune and ended up when it went belly up, he bought the land and kept farming it or whatever. But, yeah. but I All guess right. on his gravestone, if you're ever in Fitchburg, Massachusetts, in, on his gravestone, there's a picture of him or like a carving of him with his beard. And it says, persecuted for having a beard. <laughs> oh my God, that's yeah. amazing. I want that t-shirt, a t-shirt of that. Yeah. That's a good, that's a cool symbol. I it's like a fascinating that. story. And then within his lifetime, you know, then the Civil War comes around like 20 years later and everybody's growing beards. Everybody, right. you look at the Civil War, everything's crazy. Everybody. Yeah. 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 It was crazyville at that point. It, and that lasted for another probably 40 years. And then the early 1900s, it, it changes again. The style changes. Hmm. And and people started going back to clean shaven. Clean shaven men were seen as as more trustworthy. Interesting. In the early 1900s. And uh, mustaches were seen as a sign of uh, willful independence. You know, like you're hanging on to that mustache <laughs> or whatever. And, uh, and it was a big deal in 1915 when the Los Angeles Police Department stopped promoting detectives who had mustaches. Like they were well, trying to force people to shave their mustaches. But cops have always had mustaches, right? Cops and firemen. Yeah. It's, it's come so back. LA, but yeah. But in the early 1900s, they were trying to get away from that because they thought that was kind of passe and they didn't want – you weren't seen as trustworthy having a It is mustache. creepy that cops all have mustaches, I got to say. It's yeah. a little weird. Like that's the only thing you, you know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I always liked it in like Holland or Amsterdam or where, where the cops had really long hair and everything. It just kind of like – Put you at ease. Yeah, they've got a different culture mm. towards police over there. Yeah. So just to uh, kind of, before we sum up, I just want to talk a little bit about African-American hair. And it seems like every few months, there's always a, a news article about somebody. Usually it's like a teacher or a referee, usually white. Mm -hmm. who makes some comment or makes an African-American student get their hair cut or something, or tries to cut mm. an African-American mm. student's hair. And first of all, I just want to say, you know, it's like, I'm an old white guy. So it's like, I'm not Me trying too. to say, I understand the experience of someone, a person of color in this country. However, I feel like it's important to try to understand that experience. And there's a lot of good books and a lot of articles have been written about the history of African-American hair, about the culture of African-American hair. Mm. Uh, one that's really good is a book called Hair Story, Untangling the Roots of Black Hair in America by Ayanna Bird and Lori Tharps. Always um, with the, you know, the untangling. Anytime yeah. you're dealing with hair, you got to yeah. throw uh, something in there. Untangling. Yeah. Untangling. So just briefly, uh, so in the 1500s and 1600s, when Western Europeans first began interacting with people in West Africa and South Africa, they encountered a lot of different hairstyles. And that's because in African culture, a person's hair could tell a lot about somebody. It would tell hmm. what, what clan you came from, what tribe you came from, what geographic location. Perhaps it symbolized what your marital status was. Wow. Uh, your hair could also say, you know, what possible religion you were. Hmm. Um, and so 
a lot of African cultures put a lot of spiritual power into the hair. Mm. And so when the slave trade began and people were abducted and sold into slavery, one of the first thing the slave traders would do would be to shave off the hair hmm. because not only was it again for parasites and pa- yeah, parasites, but, but to dehumanize too. dehumanize you because mm-hmm. if all of your personal identity was like in your hair, representing mm-hmm. who you were in your hair yeah. to take that off, you were just suddenly not to mention if you had a spiritual power going through your hair, mm-hmm. you were cut off from your, what you consider to be the divine. You were cut off from your, your culture. You were cut off from who you were, your personal identity. Which must have been similar for Jews in, in the concentration camps right. to have their payas uh, shaved off. You know, it must be, you know, uh, in the same yeah. Uh, realm. Yeah. It's, it's your identity and it's taken mm-hmm. away from you with the mm-hmm. hair. And uh, this process of dehumanization, I think, also continued through uh, through the slavery period in this country, because it, it's interesting. I, I read a lot of uh, articles that were in newspapers about people looking for uh, slave owners who were looking for people who had escaped from from slavery. Mm-hmm. And they always referred to in the description of the person, they would refer to the person's wool. W-O-O-L. Wow. Rather than hair. Wow. And again, it was like like an animal. Like white people have hair, African American people had wool. And then also wow. shaving the head was a form of punishment that uh that slave owners would also do on the people that they had enslaved. Mm. Um and again trying to reinforce that hierarchy between the two two cultures. And the other thing that was reinforced was that white European beauty myth. So it was like fine features, light skin, blue eyes, straight hair was seen as good, whereas anything else was seen as bad. Mm -hmm. And, and in this, in this country, you know, that was even extended to people of uh, Mediterranean ancestry. So even like Mm -hmm. Jewish Jewish beauty was seen as kind of like, oh, that's not as good. You have to, to be good. You have to be like blonde hair, blue eyed, light skin, straight hair. Which, of course, still runs deep in our culture. Deep. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And what's interesting is, you know, Cher, when Cher became very popular in the 70s, yeah. 60s and 70s, a lot of people who weren't blonde hair, blue eyed, with fine, you know, pale skin really loved Cher because of the fact that like she was somebody who represented how they looked rather than what, yes. you know, what the dominant culture was saying the beauty mm-hmm. myth was. The Kardashians um, tap into that a little bit. Right. Too. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for African-Americans, and again, this is just my take on, on for African-Americans, you were caught in this kind of, you know, conundrum of culturally of like being told that, you know, you were, had to feel bad about who you were and about how you looked. And Mm -hmm. if you tried to assimilate and tried to straighten your hair, then even the uh, predominant culture would even make fun of you at that point or Mm -hmm. try to ridicule at that point where we have Mm -hmm. like the minstrel shows or Amos and Andy or something Mm -hmm. trying to make fun of, uh, African-Americans for trying to assimilate. So you could never really, you know, fit in. Right. And, 
And then it wasn't until like the 60s when people, African-Americans started saying, hey, like, hey, you know, I'm just this is who I am. This is what I look like. I'm just going to let my hair grow out. And it became like a really political statement. Yeah. And uh, and again, it's like, you know, I completely understand that. Like, I completely can understand the the process behind that. I'm not African-American. I'm not trying to say that I understand what people have been through, but I can understand the power and significance of having your hair mm-hmm. represent who you are. Yeah. Um, sort of the opposite of what uh, the Iranian women are doing. It's a way right. to own who you are. Right. And, yeah. I, and I think that that's kind of like what hair is. Hair is your personal representation. It's your personal space. Yeah. Mm. It grows out of you, but it's your personal space to represent mm. who you are. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, the other thing that was kind of uh, shocking to me is in a lot of these articles I'd read about where African-American women were saying how strangers will ask them if they can touch their hair. Yes. Yeah. Know. Yes. I'm just like, oh, can I just touch your hair? And to me, that's such a like invasion of like mm-hmm. my own space. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's for a stranger. If a stranger said to me, can I rub your head, for example? <laughs> You know what I mean? It would be, I would be insulted. I would be appalled. I would be like, who are you? I don't know you. What what makes you think you can just come up to a stranger and touch them? You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. So anyway. Yeah. uh, It's, it's breaking that personal space. And and if it happens once, you're probably like, okay, this person's strange. But then if it happens consistently, you're like, there is a cultural thing going on here, oppressing me uh, and, or belittling me. um, Yeah. Which is, you know, again, we can't fully understand it as old white dudes, but we can try. Right. Try. Right. Um, Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Hair. Damn. Hair. Hair's so legit. I know hair is like I mean, really we started powerful. off, I thought this was going to be, a, you know, hair, kind of a light topic, but it's very, very intense, deep thing. Yeah. Yeah. God. It's very spiritual, very political, very individual. You know yeah. what I mean? And I know next week you're going, it's, it's all about the taint, and that's going to be <laughs> yeah. totally different. But just as deep. Yeah. You know. Talk about symbolic. I mean, that's going to be. We go way back on that one. 35,000 years. So, I, you know, it's funny when uh, when I think about my relationship with you, though. Hair, mm. hair plays a, a lot of my memories are hair. Like, yeah. us having long hair and with, driving around in your Mustang. Yes. The soundtrack of the musical hair. Well, which the musical the hair, version. exactly. You know. God, I forgot Completely about that. nerdy, but just yes. getting like really high and listening to hair. And I remember driving over 100 miles an hour in that Mustang, sharing a bottle of tequila with me that had a sombrero <laughs> on it. Yeah. It's like our little, our little friend there, you know. That car was beautiful. I always remember. Have you ever heard the TLC song Scrubs? You know, no, no. No, it's like there's a line in it like, uh, I don't want those scrubs. Uh, a scrub is a guy who's hanging out the passenger side of his best friend friend's ride trying to holler at me. 
And I always felt like that in your car because your car was so beautiful. But I was a scrub. I was hanging out on the passenger side and my best friend's ride. You know? I sold that car for 500 bucks and bought oh. an eight ball of cocaine with it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awful. Every story. That's, that's a sort of a... That, that to me is what getting older is. Yeah. Those beautiful things and it just turns into this, you know, yeah. if you live long enough. But, uh, you had a beautiful car. Let's not forget yeah, I had your car. Sixty-seven Falcon Ford oh, Falcon. Oh, that right car was fantastic. Yeah. God, that thing was heavy. That was a tank. Yeah. That thing. I felt like we were always <laughs> filling it up with gas. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was a great car. Three on the tree. Three on the three tree. on the tree. God. So. Well. Oh. There you right. have it. So I th- hope we've learned something about hair. Today. Boy, I have. You've taken me on a ride today. <laughs> next time you're at uh, the barber shop, or next time you see somebody with hair, just kind of think about all the history. Well, when I see that f- pole, I'm just going to think about bloody bandages. Right. It's crazy. Isn't that funny? There's a book. Um, I think the people that make the poles now are Marvy Pole Company, or Marvy Barber Supply Company. It's like one of the last... Uh, barbershop pole makers hmm. in the country what and uh and we i got think a... they're in st paul minnesota but i read a fascinating book that was put out by them about the history of the barber pole. oh my god you barber were incredible only you would have read a book about the barber pole that is we should start a company we should start a, a you know competition Oh, you know what was undercut fascinating? Him. We'll undercut him. We'll use bloody when... bandages and go back <laughs> like the original. We just yeah. we sell a stick with bloody bandages on it. We'll be barbers or surgeons of the short robe or something. <laughs> yes! Oh my god. <laughs> Nobody take this idea. <laughs> All right, John. Thank you. This is human number two, John Lear signing off. And this is human number one. Thanks for joining us. And uh, we look forward to seeing you down the road on this journey of self-discovery. Thanks. Thank you.